Shalom, Shalom. How's everyone doing? Thank you for joining and tuning in to another episode. I know I've been MIA, but I is back. I'm back with another episode. And I just want to take the time before I get started to thank everyone who emailed me and reached out to me. Thank you for all the encouraging words. I am truly grateful and appreciative for all your kind words. So, you know I don't like to waste any time, so let's get into this topic. The topic for today is who are the Gentiles? This will be a two-part study. For this part, I'm focusing more so on the Old Testament and the Apocrypha. So the first mention of Gentiles in the scripture is Genesis 10 and 5. And I'm sure everyone knows that scripture. In fact, most people think that the Gentiles um, listed in Genesis 10, 1 through 5 are the only Gentiles in scripture, which is not necessarily true. And we will see that as we go through this study. So Genesis 10 and 5 says, the Isles of the Gentiles. And side note, I won't be reading all the scriptures I have listed in this study just for, you know, for the sake of time, but I will be reading some scriptures. Okay, so in Genesis 10 and 5, it says um, the Isles of the Gentiles, right? So let's go to 1st Esdras chapter 8 and verse 69. It says the pollutions of the Gentiles to wit, to wit means that is to say or namely. So the pollution of the Gentiles to wit of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Prezizites, the Jebusites, the Moabites, Egyptians and Edomites. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Prezizites, the Jebusites and the Egyptians are all from the line of Ham. The Moabites are from Lot and one of his daughters, and the Edomites are Esau's descendants. The Brown Driver Briggs H1471 says that Gentile can mean nation or people, usually of non-Hebrew people. Number two, of descendants of Abraham, and number three, of Israel. The Strong Concordance says a Gentile is a foreign nation, heathen, nation, or people. So as we see that Gentile, heathen, nation are all interchangeable and they are used interchangeably throughout the scripture. Let's look into some precepts that show the Egyptians and other nations are heathen. Leviticus 26 and 45, and it reads, but I will for their sakes remember the covenant of their ancestors whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen that I might be their God. I am the most high. So we see in this verse that is calling the Egyptians and the other nations that uh, came out of Egypt with the Israelites as heathen. Psalm 79 and 1, it says, O God, the heathen are coming to thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. This is talking about Babylon and Esau. 
You can read about this in 2 Chronicles 36, verses 18 and 19, and 1 Esdras chapter 4 and verse 45. Psalms 98 and 2. The Most High have made known his salvation. His righteousness have he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. And the last scripture that I'm going to read is Psalms 105 verses 44. And it's given a recap um, from Egypt to the promised land. So verse 44. And gave them the lands of the heathen and they inherited the labor of the people. Verse 45 that they might observe his statute and keep his law. So we see that the other nations are called heathen. Again, Gentile means heathen, nation, or people. It can also be for a descendant of Abraham and of Israel. And we're going to get into that. So before we do, before we do, I want to go back to Genesis 10 and 5 and give an alternate uh, reading of that scripture with another scripture to prove my point as to how the word Gentile and he is used interchangeably throughout the scriptures. So Genesis 10 and 5 could also read the Isles of the Heathen. And we see this in 1 Maccabees chapter 11 and 38. And it reads, after this, when King Demetrius saw that the land was quiet before him and that no resistance was made against him, he sent away all his forces, everyone to his own place, except certain bands of strangers whom he had gathered from the isles of the heathen. Wherefore, wherefore all the forces of his fathers hated him. So I just want to add that little point there. Okay, let's talk about Abraham. Let's go to Genesis 17, and we're going to read verses 4 through 6. He said, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So we see that these nations will come from Abraham's seed. Abraham's seed and Abraham's seed alone, not the other nations. We know that Abraham had eight children total. He had Ishmael, Isaac, and he had six with uh, he had six kids with Keturah. You can read about that in Genesis 25. The seed of promise was to Isaac, and then it transferred to Jacob. And I'm gonna read Romans 9. And please, y'all, go back and read these chapters in totality so you can understand the context. Don't take my word for it. Always go back and study for yourself. Let's go to Romans 9. And I'm going to start at verse 7. Uh, no, I'm going to start at verse 6. And not as though the word of God have taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Verse 7. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all children. 
but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. It's saying that the, the, the seed wasn't Ishmael and it was none of Keturah's children. It was only Isaac. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, meaning Ishmael and the other kids, Jacob, and the other kids that Abraham had. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Isaac, then Jacob, and Jacob's 12 sons, plain and simple. The children of God, if you read through the scripture, there's there's a few there's a there's a there's a lot of precepts for who the children of God are. And it's always the Israelites. It's no other nation of people. It is always Israel. Okay, so we've established the seed of promise. So let's go to Genesis 35 and verse 11. And this is this is about Jacob, right? Verse 11, and God said unto him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. He said, a nation and a company of nations will come out of you. A nation, he's talking about all 12 tribes. And a company of nations, we're about to get into it. Let's go to Genesis 48, verses 3 and 4. And it reads, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and blessed me, and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, and I will make thee a multitude of people, and I will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. How does Jacob or Israel become this multitude of people. We just read that Jacob told Joseph what the Most High told him in Genesis 35 and 11. So we see that Jacob will be a multitude of people or nations. Let's go to Genesis 48 and 19. So this is about the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh, all right? Verse 19, and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it, but he shall become a people and he shall also, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Manasseh, which is the oldest, will become a people. Ephraim, the younger brother, will become a multitude of nations. All 12 tribes are a nation in itself, but Ephraim and Manasseh will become a people and a multitude of nations. And we'll see how as we go through history. Okay, so let's speed up in the timeline. We're going to talk about the split in the kingdom. So this happened um, after Solomon's reign. And the reason for the split was due to him marrying heathen women and going after the gods of his many wives. You can read about this in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. 
to get the full story. But I'm going to give you a summarized version in Sirach, Ecclesiasticus, chapter 47, verses 19 through 21. Verse 19. Thou didst bow thy loins unto women, and by thy body thou was brought into subjection. Thou didst stain thy honor and pollute thy seed so that thou broughtest wrath upon thy children and was grieved for thy folly. So the kingdom was divided and out of Ephraim ruled a rebellious kingdom. So we see that the kingdom was split. Just to sum it up, you can read about this in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 28 through 32. Rehoboam was given the house of David which um, included Judah, Benjamin, and a remnant of Levi. Because you got to remember that Levi had dwellings among all 12 tribes. Jeroboam was given the 10 tribes. We see thus far that one nation, one kingdom is now two nations and two kingdoms for a precept. Let's go to Ezekiel 37, verse 22. It's a prophetic scripture, one of my favorite chapters. Ezekiel 37, verse 22. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Northern Kingdom, which is the Ten Tribes, is known throughout the scriptures as the Kingdom of Israel, Samaria, or Ephraim. Southern Kingdom is known as the Kingdom of Judah or by the Jews. Again, this is only Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. The Northern Kingdom was the first to go into idolatry. They rejected the covenant and the commandments. And as a result, they were carried into captivity to Assyria. To read more about that, you can read 2 Kings 17, Hosea 4 and 17, and Hosea 5 and 3. So, Southern Kingdom went too far behind. They followed in the footsteps of the Northern Kingdom and was carried away to Babylon. Precepts, Hosea 5 and 5. Jeremiah 20 verses 4 through 6 and Jeremiah 25 and 11. Both kingdoms committed idolatry. The northern kingdom was given a bill of divorce, but not the kingdom of Judah, not the southern kingdom, though they both broke the covenant. Let's read Jeremiah 11 verses 9 and 10. And the Most High said unto me, a conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words, and they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with them. So let's read about the bill of divorce. We can find this in Jeremiah chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. 
The Most High said also unto me, In the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel have done? She is gone up into every high mountain, and under every green tree, and there have played the harlot. And I said after she had done all these things, Turn thou unto me, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot. So backsliding Israel in this scripture is the northern kingdom. She returned not, meaning that she didn't repent. After all the warnings, she didn't repent and come back to following the commandments that the Most High had established in the covenant. Her treacherous sister, as it says, is Judah, the southern kingdom. We see that northern kingdom committed adultery and was put away and given a bill of divorce. The bill of divorce signified that the northern kingdom was no longer in covenant with the Most High. What did the covenant consist of? In Genesis chapter 17, verses 7 and 19, we see that it is an everlasting covenant and that the Most High will be a God to Abraham and his descendants. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 7, Deuteronomy 29 and 13, and Deuteronomy 27 and 9, through those scriptures that Israel is a people, they are the people of God. And in Deuteronomy 4 and 20, we see that Israel is a people of inheritance. Israel is the most high inheritance. Essentially, the covenant was, you are my people and I am your God. So since Northern Kingdom got put away, i.e. divorced, they became not a people. Isaiah 7 and 8, For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin, and within threescore and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it be not a people. Hmm. Sound like they got the we're getting um, divorced. Let's go to Hosea 1 and we're gonna read verses 4, 6, and 8. Verse 4. And the most high said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. Verse 6. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And the Most High said unto him, Call her Loruhamah. Y'all, excuse me, I'm country and I cannot pronounce half of these names in the Bible. For I will no longer have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Captivity. Let's go to verse 9. Then said the Most High, Call his name Loami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. So we see that Northern Kingdom is no longer in covenant with the Most High. They are not his people, and he is not their God. 
This means that they are no longer a part of his congregation. They are to him as the other nations. How is that possible? The other nations do not have a covenant with him. He is not their God. The other nations were never his people. He only knows Israel. The covenant is only to Israel. That's Romans 9 and 4. Not the nations, not the heathens, only Israel. But we have a merciful father who is long-suffering and who is true to his word. This covenant was an everlasting covenant. Therefore, Northern Kingdom would not stay in this condition. And we read that in Ezekiel 37, we read how that he will make them one nation again. They won't be two kingdoms anymore. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. And it says, The Most High said unto me, The backsliding Israel, which is Northern Kingdom, have justified herself more than treacherous Judah. So justified, justifies mean to be made just or righteous or to turn to righteousness. This meant that they turned back to the commandments. The commandments are righteousness. That's Psalm 119 and 172. Jeremiah 3 and 12. Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Most High. And I will not cause my anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Most High, and I will not keep anger forever. This is showing that the Most High didn't cast them away completely. He never cast them away. He never will do away with his people. Israel will always be his people. No matter what these Christians and urban apologetics say, I don't know what scripture they read, but it ain't the same ones I be reading. Okay? So he's merciful to his people. And this reminds me of a scripture, two scriptures and um, wisdom of Solomon. It says that grace and mercy is to his saints. The saints are Israel. Jeremiah 3 and 13. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Most High thy God, and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Most High. So we see that the Most High is yearning and begging the Northern Kingdom to return back to him. Come back, follow my commandments, right? And we see this in the Apocrypha, 2nd Ezra 13, verses 39 through 42. It, it says that the 10 tribes separated themselves from the heathens to keep the statutes or the commandments that they never kept in their own land. So they did turn back to the Most High. They repented. They left the, um, the idolatry and they went back to serving the Most High. So let's get into the Apocrypha. We're going to read about the Gentiles in the Apocrypha for a little bit. Let's go to 2nd Esdras chapter 1 verse 24. And it reads, What shall I do unto thee, O Jacob? Thou Judah wouldest not obey me. I will turn me to other nations 
and unto those will I give my name that they may keep my statutes. So some people will read this scripture and say, see, see, the most high said he going to turn him to other nations. He going to turn to the, to the, to the heathens, the ethnic heathens, i.e. white people. See, he, he said he was going to turn to other nations outside of Israel, give them his name so that they can keep the statues. That is not what that's saying. If so, there is a contradiction, multiple contradictions in the scriptures. For one, in Psalms 147, it says that the other nations weren't given his, his judgments. It was only given to Jacob. And... There's another scripture in 2nd Ezra that says, You will only see that only Israel has kept thy precepts and not the heathens. The other nations weren't given the laws, the commandments, the judgments, the, the precepts. They, they weren't given none of that. It was only to Israel. Only to Israel. And even that mixed multitude that came out, the, um, out of Egypt with them, it wasn't for them. It was only for Israel. They just lived among them. So this verse is not saying what Christians primarily and Christian Israelites wanted to say. The other nations he's talking about are the northern kingdom. Because what did prophecy say? What did Genesis 48 say? Jacob would become a multitude of nations. These same nations, the northern kingdom, was cut off. They were just like the heathen to the most high. Remember, they were not in covenant anymore. And unto those will I give my name, that they may keep my statutes. Meaning he was going to bring them back into covenant with him, that they will do what he had ordained for them to do from the beginning, to keep his statutes. That's what it's saying. Only Israel was given the Most High's name, Yah, Yasharal, not the heathen. Let's skip down to verse 35 in 2nd Ezra's chapter 1. Your houses will I give to a people that shall come, which have not, having heard of me, yet shall believe me, to whom I have showed no signs, yet they shall do all that I have commanded. Verse 36. They have seen no prophets, yet they shall call their sins to remembrance and acknowledge them. 37. I take to witness the grace of the people to come, whose little ones rejoice in gladness. And though they have not seen me with bodily eyes, yet in spirit they believe the thing that I say. These verses are talking about us today that have come to the knowledge of who we are, came back to keeping the commandments to the best of our ability in, the, in this captivity. In the book of Baruch, it says that we will acknowledge him and think upon his name in the lands where we are held captive. That's what we're doing. This verse isn't saying the people to come as in, you know, uh, the, the ethnic Gentiles coming to be a part of the family of Israel. It's not saying that the people to come are us, the descendants of uh, the Israelites who were back then. That's all they're saying. We, as the verse said, we have not seen any signs. We, we haven't seen uh, the most high strong arm, his, out, 
his his outstretched arm doing you know these mighty signs and wonders like he did for our forefathers back in Egypt you know we haven't seen that we we don't have a uh Isaiah per se you get what I'm saying like there is no Isaiah no Jeremiah right now you know we haven't um seen the prophets like our forefathers did we didn't see the signs we didn't have the signs but yet we believe we believe and did not christ said blessed are they who believe and haven't seen so these scriptures are talking about us today not the ethnic heathen being ministered to as some people will have it that's not what it's saying let's go to the book of tobit tobit was from the tribe of Naphtali. He was a part of the Assyrian captivity and was taken to Nineveh. Uh, for a background of or the Assyrian captivity, you can read about it in the book of Nahum and in the book of Jonah. Jonah was not going to the ethnic heathen, to the ethnic Gentile, to the other nations to call them to repentance. He was not going to them preaching repentance. He was going to his people, telling them, turn back. The book of Nahum is about the destruction of Nineveh. Nineveh was eventually destroyed. You can read that in Tobit 14, verse 15. In Tobit chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, you see that the ten tribes revolted against the southern kingdom and were taken captive to Nineveh under the Assyrians, just like it said in Isaiah and Jeremiah. And in verses 6 through 8, it, it talks about how he went to sacrifice in Jerusalem. He kept the laws and the feasts. So this shows that not everybody turned against the laws. There's always a remnant that is faithful and that there's a remnant that will turn back to the Most High. Though Tobit was faithful, he kept the laws and the feasts. You see that we are judged as a nation. You know, there's always a righteous remnant, but we're judged as we're judged as a nation, such as Daniel and the three Hebrew, the three Hebrew men. We're judged as a nation. So Tobit rejoices in a prayer in chapter 13 of verse 3. He said, Confess him before the Gentiles, ye children of Israel, for he has scattered us among them. We are scattered among them. And we are confess him among the heathen, not save them, not preach to them. They have to receive the curses just like we did. And you can read that in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 7. In Tobit chapter 13 verses 5, we see that the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom will be uh, gathered from all the lands that they were scattered to. And lastly, in Tobit 13 and 6, it correlates with Jeremiah 3 verses 12 through 13 stating that they must turn back to the Most High. And I'm going to read that uh, verse. Tobit 13 verse 6. It says, If you turn to him with your whole heart and with your whole mind and deal uprightly before him, then he will turn unto you and will not hide his face from you. Therefore see what he will do with you and confess him with your whole mouth and praise the Most High of might, and extol him, the everlasting King. In the land of my captivity do I praise him, and declare his might and his majesty, 
to a sinful nation. O ye sinners, turn and do justice before him. Who can tell if he will accept you and have mercy upon you? He will have mercy because his mercy and his grace is to the saints. And I'm going to read that in Wisdom of Solomon. Wisdom of Solomon 3 and 9. They that put their trust in him shall understand the truth, and such as be faithful in love shall abide with him. For grace and mercy is to his saints, and he hath care for his elect. His saints are the Israelites. His elect is Israel. And in Wisdom of Solomon 4 and 15, it says the same thing. This the people saw and understood it not, neither laid they up in their minds that his grace and his mercy is with his saints and that he hath respect unto his chosen. His chosen? Israel. Boom. All right. So we talked a lot about the northern kingdom. We saw that they... They are no longer in covenant with the Most High. They are not his people. He is not their God, but he is merciful and long-suffering. He keeps his promise. His promise was an everlasting covenant that they will always be a part of because they are Abraham's seed through Isaac and Jacob. So let's talk about the Southern Kingdom real quick. Southern Kingdom is still in covenant with the Most High. He did not cut them off. Southern Kingdom captivities consisted of the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. So let's talk about this Greek captivity real quick. You can read about the Greek captivity, 1 Maccabees chapter 1 verses 11 through 15. And this is during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes. And we're going to read about the covenant that he made with the southern kingdom. Verse 11. In those days when there out of Israel wicked men, who persuaded many, saying, Let us go and make a covenant with the heathen that are round about us. For since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. So this device pleased them well. Then certain other people were so forward herein that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinances of the heathen, whereupon they built a place of exercise at Jerusalem according to the custom of the heathen and made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the holy covenant and joined themselves to the heathen and were sold to do mischief. So the wicked men of Israel decided to make a covenant with the heathen. You always gonna have some sellouts within your own nation. They would rather be buddy buddy with the heathen than to stand with their own people. Not much has changed today. You still have that within the nation, sadly. It's, it's, I guess that's always gonna be a thing. They threw away their heritage to be in good standing with these filthy heathen. The goal of the Greeks, the Babylonians, the Edomites, the reason I say Edomites, Haman from the book of Esther, he was um, from Amalek. Amalek was a descendant of Esau, therefore he was Edomite. So everyone who had us captive, even up to this day, their goal is for us, their goal for us is to forget the law. 
If we forget the law and don't know it, we're not following it. Therefore, their rulership is prolonged. As long as our ancestors kept the commandments, no nation could overcome them. When they stopped living the commandments, oppression came from the nations. And we can read about this in Judith chapter 5 verses 17 through 21. He's a captain of the sons of Ammon, right? Verse 17, he's telling Holofernes, the, the captain of Nebuchadnezzar's army or whatever, he's telling them that they should not attack uh, Israel because you, you, you already lost the battle. Anyway, we're going to read it. Verse 17, he's giving them he's giving them a history of Israel. And while they sin not before their God, they prosper because the God that hated iniquity was with them. But when they departed from the way which he appointed them, they were destroyed in many battles very sore and were led captives into a land that was not theirs. And the temple of their God was east to the ground and their city was taken and their cities were taken by the enemies. But now they are returned to their God and are come up from the places where they were scattered and have possessed Jerusalem where their sanctuary is and are seated in the hill countries for it was desolate. Now therefore, my Lord and governor, if there be any error against this people and they sin against their God, let us consider that this shall be their ruin and let us go up and we shall overcome them. Verse 21, but if there be no iniquity in their nation, let my Lord now pass by, lest their Lord defend them and their God be for them and we become a reproach before all the world. So when we kept the commandments, we were good. And when we didn't, the nations came up against us. The heathen know this. Perfect example. And they know it to this day. So let's go back to 1 Maccabees verses 40 through 50. We read how wicked men of Israel made a covenant with Antiochus, with the heathen. And we're going to read. Antiochus Epiphanes decree against the Israelites. 1 Maccabees chapter 1 verses 41 through 50. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. Does that sound familiar? And everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yea, also of the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed unto idols and profane the Sabbath. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land and forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple and that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days and pollute the sanctuary and the holy people set up altars and groves and chapels of idols and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts that they should also leave their children uncircumcised 
and made their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation to the end that they might forget the law and change all the ordinances and whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king he said should die <laughs> let's see what else that they could not do let's go down to verse 57 first maccabees chapter 1 and whosoever was found with any book of the testament or if any committed to the law the king's commandments was that they should be put to death let's go over to second maccabees chapter 6 and we're going to read verses 1 through 6 8 through 9 not long after this the king sent an old man of Athens to compel the Jews to depart from the laws of their fathers and not to live after the laws of God and to pollute also the temple in Jerusalem and to call it the temple of Jupiter Olympus and that in Gerizim of Jupiter the defender of strangers as they did desire that dwelt in the place. Coming in of this mischief was sore and grievous to the people for the temple was filled with riot and revelings by the Gentiles who dallied with harlots and had to do with women within the circuit of the holy places and besides that brought in things that were not lawful. The altar also was filled with profane things which the law forbiddeth. Neither was it lawful for a man to keep Sabbath or ancient fast or professed himself at all to be a Jew. Moreover, there went out a decree to the neighbor cities of the heathen by the suggestion of Ptolemy against the Jews that they should observe the same fashions and be partakers of their sacrifices. And whoso would not conform themselves to the manner of the Gentiles should be put to death. So we see Again, their whole goal was to get the children of Israel to not follow the laws, the feast days, the statutes and the commandments. If you profess to be a Jew, you had a book of the covenant, you kept the law, you didn't like living like the Gentiles, you didn't take on their customs, you circumcised your kids, you didn't eat swine's flesh, you had to be put to death. Just think about that. And today, our people won't give up Porky Pig for nothing. Won't give up Mr. Krabs. Eating Squidward. You know, a lot of our people willingly eat those things now. And when you tell them it's not clean, well, it ain't gonna hurt me. I pray over all my food. Them prayers don't mean nothing. And to know that our people died to not eat pig. You can read about that in 2 Maccabees chapter 7. There was this woman who had seven sons. She and her seven sons were killed because they did not want to defile their flesh, their bodies by eating swine. And yet our people love swine today. They will not give it up. And our people died. They, they died some horrific deaths. And we won't even put the pork away for our health. It's just sad. So some of our people lived like the Gentiles to stay alive. They still knew who they were. 
Some lived like heathen and forsook their heritage altogether, but there's always a remnant that will stay true and die. We're going to read that in 1 Maccabees, 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verses 62 and 63. Howbeit, many in Israel were fully resolved and confirmed in themselves not to eat any unclean thing, wherefore the rather to die, that they might not be defiled with meats, and that they might not profane the holy covenant, so they died. I encourage all my brothers and sisters of Israel to keep the covenant. Keep the commandments to the best of your ability in this captivity. We're supposed to be practicing and rehearsing the righteous acts now. This, this is rehearsal. When we get to the wilderness, ain't no more grace. You rebellious, you're going to be killed on sight. Get your stuff together. And I'm talking to myself as well. I can do better. So keep the faith. If you have the faith, you will be obedient to the commandments. Plain and simple. Let's keep rehearsing. Let's keep studying. And keep applying ourselves. Right? Before I end the lesson, I just want to mention that Southern Kingdom had no dealings with Ephraim slash the Northern Kingdom. You can read that in Hosea 4 and 17, Isaiah 11 and verse 13. I hope you got something out of it. I hope that you go back and study these things for yourself. As always, you can hit me up through my email if you like. If you have any questions, if you need a transcript of the, of the episode, I will be more than happy to send you a copy. Um, just let me know. As always, study to show yourself approved. Read, fast, pray, because we're going to need it for the times we headed into. Look up, Israel, for your redemption is nigh. We almost out of Babylon. All praises to the Most High. Until the next episode, Shalom.